So guys, we're back with VP Precision. I got Jake on the line here, and we're gonna go over a uh, kind of an action, after action report of the Snipers Hide Cup um, over at Carl Taylor's place in Colville, Washington. Really, really cool area. So anyway, glad to have you on here tonight, buddy. How you doing? Yeah. Oh, great. We're just uh, rock and rolling. We've been staying really busy uh, shipping. Good. shipping targets out and it's been uh been a blessing for sure so good you said well last time you you were mentioning um or i don't know if we were talking on here or just talking but you said you're moving lots of 22 stuff is that still been the yeah new, you know the 22 is just, it's been exploding really and um we have we have the full nrl 22 package we're the official target for that so we mm-hmm. sent all those packages out and then we have a bunch more stuff. We got KYL 22 racks. Um, we got a bunch of animal targets and stands and just a whole bunch of cool. uh, different 22 stuff. And so I tell you what, it's been, it has been good. Um, cool. 22 is nice because you can, you can shoot it on a hundred yard range anywhere in the country yes. where long range precision stuff. What do you got? You got a thousand yards and, and then you're starting to stretch it out, you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. You get two or 300 yards with 22 and you're doing something you're dialing in like shots to a mile, what three, 400 yards. I mean, you're dialing, <laughs> I don't even, I can't remember what it is. 15, yeah. 20, 17, 20 mils. I can't even remember, but it's a lot. And, at 400 and yards. you've been shooting a lot of 22s lately as well. And so yeah. you've, I mean, you've, uh, you got a couple of setups that are just dialed in. Yeah, it's fun. I've been getting, a, having a, just a blast we did I, I don't know if we mentioned this or not but we ran that we did mention that we ran the match and i was talking to my buddy brian afterwards he's been on the on the podcast brian pence and and he was he goes i was like well how, did you like the 20 because i didn't know if he liked the 22 match i was like you know what'd you think of that and he was like he's like dude that was the best thing all weekend i was like oh you liked it he's like it was super funny because i'm hooked so i mean he's a diehard centerfire guy and so kind of his first he just got a zermat that rim x just threw it together and uh, i think he was shooting that sk match or um whatever that sk ammo is and it was hammering and anyway he's in love with it i'm it's been fun i had one little match at my house i already talked about um i've got an old uh, a 40x that i won at the mile high match a few years back that they did it up and i've been shooting that a lot really cool gun also getting a a, a rimex as well i'm really excited about that um so yeah it's 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 super fun uh it's i want to do some more matches and kind of see where it goes it's it's a it's a fun way to get it's quiet the guns are quiet there's no recoil obviously so it's fun to get the kids on them and even more so than the little calibers we shoot there's no muzzle blast there's no nothing so obviously a great way to start it's you can run a a legit quality match with i mean i'd say 100 yards but it is fun to get out there to two three hundred yards you're really dialing up and really holding some wind so i i mean two three hundred yards you can run a pretty crazy match that you know equates to a lot of center fire stuff which is super cool so anyway a little tangent there but um so we uh, we got notes and we didn't talk about that at all but i just popped it in my head so there you go um but so let's just we've got some other things um a couple things just quickly that i wanted to hit on i'm building another hunting gun um just just got the Barrel back from getting coated, uh, Cerakoted, building another 6.5 PRC. Really like that round. I'm I'm doing it on the new Curtis um, hybrid hunter action. That's all. It's sweet. It's like an Axiom. It's all DLC'd, and they removed a lot of metal in some non-critical areas and really shaved the weight. 
and it's and it's super cool looking on top of that. So yeah. it's it comes in. It I just was weighing some stuff last night. I was cleaning up my reloading room, um, getting all the parts laid out. I'm going to bed the bed that into it. I'm going to do another Mesa stock um, on this one, and going to bed that into. Uh, that stock. So I was cleaning everything up and putting weights on stuff. And I weighed that action. It was one pound, 11 ounces. And I was like, kind of curious. I was like, what's a tie action. It's gotta be super light. And I looked some up. They're like one pound, seven ounces. So they're like, you know, four ounces lighter, but then you're dealing with tie, which I've had some tie actions. I didn't, I didn't particularly like the feel and maybe they've gotten better because it's been a while, but man, you, you, you save money on like the hybrid style, super lightweight They're I think they're 12, 1300 bucks somewhere in there. And you save, you know, four or five hundred bucks over a tie action. It's just a couple ounces, but you're still running with that steel, good field, nice and slick. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, geez, I, I couldn't believe how much weight they cut out of that thing. So yep. pretty cool. And then I'm doing a on that same thing, I'm instead of a carbon barrel, I my last one I built on a Sendero 24 inch carbon proof. And this one I'm building on a trying a skinny steel barrel. I'm doing like a number three fluted, I believe is what it is. Might be a number two, I can't remember. But it it weighs two pounds, twelve ounces with a break. Um the twenty-four inch carbon weighs two pounds, fifteen ounces without a break. So I'm gonna be four or five ounces under what my old setup was on the barrel. I'm going to be a, a, a fair bit under on the action. So I'm actually going to build this sucker about as light as I've ever built a gun. And so it'll be fun to see how it shoots. I'm going to break it in this weekend. I'll get it bedded hopefully tomorrow night and hopefully be shooting it by Saturday night or Sunday. Um, so that's kind of the, the, my excitement for the, uh, on the hunting side. I've just, just got my six BR spun up. Joe called me today. It'll be here in a few days. I'm super excited about that. And so that's the latest for me. Outside of just working a lot, getting caught up, it's good to be home. Got a couple of weeks off. We've just gone a lot with you over there in, in Washington, and then Sniper Side Cup. Yep. So, but yeah, it's been it's been good. So is that a that's a straight six br you're doing? Yeah, actually, I can't wait. I'm gonna run a 28 Man, inch. I, yeah, I just I mean I love the Dasher. I'm still I actually joke cut me a Dasher and a six br for the same action, and I was like, man, I gotta try this. You know, I've shot BRs. I love them. I've always shot shorter barreled ones. And Joe was like, man, if you run a 28-inch barrel, you don't really give up anything to a dasher. And I was like, man, we're already searching for the easy, consistent button with the dashers. And the only thing better than that, I mean, you have like a 6 PPC and a 6 BR. And I'm not running a PPC because that's a little too small. But the the 6 BR with a long barrel, I mean, dude, it's you're getting the same speeds. There's no fire forming. You could argue that it's going to be, you know, when you talk about inherent accuracy, you could argue the BR is better than the dasher. I think it is as far as just easy button. Everybody I've talked to runs like 30 to 30.3 or 30.5 grains of target with a 105 and they hammer and some guys shooting 109s that are hammering. I'm sure they will. The A-tip with 110s would hammer. I mean, so I'm I'm super jacked. Obviously, I'll be talking more about that as I get it broken and shooting here in the ne- next week. So it's it should well, be cool. And what's nice about it is that uh, there's no fire forming yep. and six uh, BR holds a ton of records in mm-hmm. you know all the six hundred yep. six hundred yard bench rest or or whatever yep. it is. And I tell you what, yep. that's if you're gonna follow accuracy, follow what those guys are doing because mm-hmm. they they've been doing it for a long time and. For us, uh, shooting NRL or PRS type matches, we can get away with a half inch or, mm-hmm. you know, three quarter inch gun on a sloppy wet day. Yep. Well, they're yep. looking for those true, 
you know, zero point zero inch guns that are absolute dead nut hammers Mm -hmm. out at distance. And so most of them are those six BRs or variants, something like that. Yep. Yeah. And Dasher is obviously a strong contender, but it just, like you said, just another easy button. I love Lapua brass. It's super tough. And I got some six BR here. It's like, man, I just Jones in to shoot one. So also, I mean, also guys are loving the 22 BR, but anything based on 22 on a BR is just, it's obviously going to do well. Same with the bra, the, you know, the BRX, the Dasher, that whole family of cartridges is awesome. So anyway, excited about that. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, anything, anything you want to hit before we dive into the cup specifically or, uh, you know, just a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Um, I, I'm actually going to be working on and do a kind of a true test of the, uh, the EC tuner that Alamo precision rifles, um, oh, right on. Is doing this. So I think for me, it's going to be a giant benefit because I typically run a straight load in all of my, uh, in all of my rifles it's the exact same load from barrel to barrel. It's the same everything. I don't change anything up just it. because I don't necessarily have a bunch of time to go out to the range to dial That's up. That's not true. Everybody load. knows that you shoot every single day. <laughs> That's I've heard, I've heard it on the internet. Well, I <laughs> could, I could win the, I could win if I got to shoot every day like Jake gets to shoot. <laughs> I used to well, think that too, until I met him and figured out he lives like 40 minutes from 30 minutes from the range or whatever. And he, and he doesn't shoot every day, unfortunately. So, <laughs> so for, so for me, I think it's going to be a big event, a big, a big benefit. And here's yep, why yep. is so, if the tuner does what I think it's going to do, and basically what a tuner is for you guys that don't know is it sits on the end of the barrel mm-hmm. and it adjusts weight forward and back. Um, and basically it goes a click at a time. And so you can go a full revolution to adjust the barrel harmonic of mm-hmm. where that barrel is going to basically be pointed as the barrel goes or as the shots fired. And so you're just kind of tuning uh, the rifle with that by spinning or clicking a, that tuner over. So what I do is I load 31.5 grains in, in my alpha brass with my dasher mm-hmm. and I have a 110 a tip on it yep. and I just load that exact load all year long. And it, it is what it is. Most of the time it shoots great. Most of the time it, it'll shoot, I would call it a half inch or better almost every single day. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't, and that's okay. I still go out and, and shoot, compete with it. It's not a big deal. But for me, I think what's going to be important is I can keep that same load in there, and now I can just adjust the tuner a little bit. Um, but fair warning, I haven't done this. I'm going to do it. Uh, it's, it's on my next barrel, and so I'm going to do a true kind of real-world uh, analysis of it and see how it works. Um, yep. And so kind of the idea that I've seen – and Paul Reed is down in Texas. He, he loves it and swears by it. He was really getting some great groups with it. Some of them were opened up. He started to kind of run, run over two or four clicks and kind of move the weight around a little bit on the barrel. And sure enough, it tightens right back up. Hmm. And then what, what's interesting is he goes back to his original load or his original tune on his barrel. And sure enough, it was opening back up again. And then you go back over to the, the mark where you found that it's a good dial and it shrinks it right back in. So just moving a little bit of weight, you know, uh, forward and back is going to change the harmonics on that particular gun. I'm excited to see how it goes because I love the idea of getting a bunch of barrels chambered up, running the same load, mm-hmm. getting the easy button, 
Um, yeah, I mean, and having a little more control over it for sure. Yeah, but then still having a little more control over my load. You can just take 10, 12 extra rounds. You shoot a three-round group. You don't like it. Spin your tuner a little bit. Shoot a three-round group. Oh, there it is, and then verify it and go. Yeah, for sure. No, that's interesting, Eric. I got one of his tuners. I just you got to turn. You got to turn. Get the barrel turned down by Smith, and I haven't. I haven't done that yet. I want to try him. It's an interesting idea. It, it reminds me back in the day, like a lot of you guys know who Jerry Carlop is, and he hasn't shot for he was he shot a lot for a while. I don't know if he burned out or what, but he was shooting a ton. And I was a, t- a teammate with him on Team Surgeon back in the day, and he all he ever shot was six five forty seven. He loaded the same load all the time, just like you're talking about. And he always shot suppressed. And so he said when I got a new barrel on, he had four, five, six suppressors. And he would just shoot a group with one. And if it wasn't good, he'd spin on the next one and shoot another group. And he'd shoot until one of his suppressors right. tuned his load. And I was like, that's, right. that's pretty cool. And I've, and I've seen that myself going to different suppressors. Like before we shot Quiet Riot, I tried a different couple ones. One was obviously much more accurate than the other just harmonically i don't think it was it wasn't suppressor quality they're both they're all high in suppressors it just one happened to um you know put the harmonics where you want them better for that situation or whatever so the tuner is a is a cool idea i know aaron hips got his coming out and eric's eric cortina's had his for a while which is you know proven and he's a killer you know in f class and and i, I don't know does eric shoot interest or is it just you know i'm not sure he talked a little bit on his video about some bench rest stuff and that how uh, bench rest guys have been using things like this, the tuners and the yep. harmonic yep. changers for a long time to really mm-hmm. dial in because they kind of do the same thing. And during a, during a match or during something like that, you might have a little bit of time to go re zero or to go yeah. um, put it on paper. And so sure enough, they would take the tuner and you know, it's, it's always on the gun, but they would shoot a little bit and man, that group just wasn't quite one hole. Let's just tweak a, a click or a <laughs> two clicks and see what happens. Boom. It just zips right up. Dude. Okay. Now, now we're, you know, we're good for our match. So is, who knows? Yeah, this is interesting because uh, part of me doesn't want anything to do with it because then I'll have to, <laughs> then I'll have to mess with it. The other part of me is I, you and I both fly around a fair bit. Uh, yeah. The last few months has been an exception, but we do travel and we're up here in the Northwest. So we got to kind of travel all over. And I've had multiple times where I'll have a gun really shooting really well here and I'll get to Florida or Georgia or Texas. And every once in a while you'd be like, man, well, why is it? It'll speed up it's a little bit. It'll open yeah. up yep. and you're like, what? And it would sure be nice. I mean, and then you're competing with guys that live an hour down the road that have been testing their loads and just getting them perfect for that situation. You're like, dang it. Yep. You're already like, you know, you look at the zero board and you see these guys with these one whole groups and you see what your gun's doing. It's not bad, <laughs> but, but things can change a little bit when you travel like that, humidity and temperatures and everything. And, and, and so part of me, I don't know if I want to go down this road, but if you took an extra 20 or 40 rounds to a match and you on zero day, if you could try three or four different settings, just shoot like three, three shot groups or something and pick the best and rock and roll. Like if you could control that, gosh, I can see myself running tuners as well. It's I'm going to, I'm going to, I need to get my barrel turned down and use that one that Eric sent me and, and, and I want to play with it. But so I'm um, going to try it. Um, Robert from Alamo precision rifles calls me and says, Jake, um, well, technically I called him first and said, Hey, talk yeah. to me about this. I, I kept seeing videos online. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Eric's video. I saw Paul's video. Yeah. I talked to Paul Reed and I said, Hey, you know, give me the down and dirty on this. He's yeah. like, 
And so Paul says, he says, mate, I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so he, he loves it, right? And so he's, he's saying, cool. and, and Paul's kind of a, he's kind of a OCD kind of accuracy, anal yeah. type of reloader. Yeah. But that, he, he just loves that, that kind of stuff. He loves the accuracy mm-hmm. that, that these can do. And sure enough, he says that he likes it. He's verified it. Um, he knows it's work, you know, he know it works and he's going to run it from now on. So wow. it's just, and I, I do trust in his opinion. I, mm-hmm. you know, he's a good shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows accuracy just like everyone else does. And so, yeah, well, and like you said, it's not like tuners are a new thing. Like they have been around on the Ventress side for a long time. I know, I mean, I've experienced so much just breaking in guns without a muzzle brake and putting a muzzle brake on and watching the groups totally change. And you're like, okay, yeah. obviously things are happening a hundred percent. There's no denying it. We all know it. And it's a proven thing. I, it's just, it's one more thing, It is, but, right. I, but I, I can, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to trying it too. I'm excited to see what you think of it. And if it, Really some clear results on paper by closing it, shooting a group, open it, shooting a group, back and forth. And if they're consistently better, like, that's pretty cool. But tuning, yep. on the, tuning on the road is what makes me excited. If I was just shooting matches here, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. But when, I, when I'm flying across country, like, that seems like a giant, a giant advantage to have, be able to do something to your gun if it's not hammering like you'd like it to. So, anyway. Well, and, you know, the worst-case scenario is you leave it at the setting it is, Exactly. You show up and your stuff shoots like crap. Well, you can just leave it there. That's worst case scenario. Best case scenario yeah. is there's got to be, you know, there might be a different setting in there that changes the harmonics a little bit, yep. which might be better. And so to me, it's only a win-win. If it works like it's advertised, it's only, it's only a win-win. Yep. Um, but, you know, full disclosure, I haven't, I haven't tried it yet. Um, it's, it now is on my gun. Yeah. And I'm taking it down to Colorado uh, for the Telluride training I'm doing. And then I'm going Sweet. to do some, you know, some videos for XLR. And then I got the match that week. I got two days in there where I'm going to be able to get some more rounds through it. And I'm going to load up like 350, 400 rounds for this, for this uh, high country NRL match. And I'm going to shoot, you know, 150 of them. And then I'm going to dial in the load. And then it, it's all going to be the same load anyway. So, yeah, yeah. No, that'll be. I'm I'm excited about it. Right now, it sounds too good to be true. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But, <laughs> dude, speak, speaking of not needing a tuner, dude, holy smokes, did you burn it down this last weekend in the cup? Oh man, <laughs> that was, it was a fun. cheesy transition. But, dude, that's what I was thinking when you were talking about tuning low. I was like, dude, I could, you were stacking bullets there. So. Um, my, my rifle shot really well. Like, yeah. I, Do you want to hit before we go in, before we go into it? Did you want to hit anything else? I didn't mean to cut you off on the tuner no, thing. I, no, I, that's fine. I, I, I was just ranting on something. Yeah. Like that. I, no, I love the about Yeah, I love the tuner discussion. But yeah, let's let's dive into the cup, dude. You, it, um, uh, we won. Spoiler alert! It was a laid back, fun match. Good guys. Um team match which is always fun we kind of go there we've been busy jake had ran those two matches i was able to shoot one and i helped run the other and so i got a little bit more play than jake did so jake was you know doing that and we're like dude let's just go shoot that match it was pretty close to your house um i went home on monday i drove back over three four days i drove back over friday so i was home for a few days and um just a 
you were able to bring your daughters, super fun, relaxing, good weather, beautiful area, just a good time. So let's, let's, let's hit that for a while. So, yeah. Um, so 2020 sniper side cup, this is like year 17 in a row that Frank Galley from sniper side has been running, um, his match for a couple of years. He did team, he did individual for a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. And then the last few years has been back to team. Um, but you could also shoot individual as well. Um, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's always traditionally been a pretty darn big match. It's been a lot of, um, a lot of people show up, uh, Frank obviously draws a big crowd because of sniper's hide Mm -hmm. and because he does a lot of trainings, Mm -hmm. um, because he, um, you know, shoots a lot and he's in the gun industry. Uh, this year, the numbers were down a little bit, but I think he said that there was 35 Canadians that could not come down and, you know, he draws a lot of international presence as well. Mm -hmm. So if you add those 35 Canadians back in, he's, he's already up to 110 people or something. So it's, it's back to a a full size match really. Yeah. And he was, I, I I think he had said he wasn't even, maybe not even going to do it just because of his training schedule ever, but Clint, uh, Clint Sharp and Carl Taylor were like, Hey, we'll take care of it. We'll set it up, just show up. So I think that worked out good for him because he was said he was traveling a lot with training and doing his thing. So those guys, props to, you know, Clint and Carl for doing that, um, got it all set up. And, and so kind of took a, a fair bit of workload off of Frank and, and, and Frank, he's like, he doesn't do the prize tables like he used to. And, and just, a, it was just like a pretty kind of a low key, just a fun, just a fun match. It's also part of the, um, the rifleman's team challenge, which you and I were like, let's oh, shoot, let's do that a little bit. So we shot a couple matches. I think we need two and then our, the finale will be our third score. So we got our two matches now so we can shoot the finale. Um, so that, that's kind of fun up here in the Northwest. There's some fun team matches and it's just kind yeah. of a good break. It's fun to test stuff, uh, try different bipods, different techniques, different, different things. Cause it's not this, you know, uber competitive PRS match. We've paid a bunch of money to fly across the country. We just, you know, drove a little bit and get a hangout. It's it just a little different feel than some of the maybe you know, not necessarily bigger matches, but you know, points matches that you really got to be on your, you know, your game. So it's just a little more relaxed feel, which is fun. So. Yep. I um, agree. Um, this is up in Colville, Washington at Carl Taylor's place. Uh, in my opinion, it's just a beautiful place to shoot. He's got little draws and valleys and overlooks the river system down there. And so mm-hmm. the views are amazing. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of different uh, things that you can do on his place. And, uh, I, I haven't shot his match in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've heard is you really need a tripod, uh, to shoot over the tall grass. Mm-hmm. And so we <laughs> both brought our really right stuff tripods. Um, and th- th- this was no joke. I think our first <laughs> eight stages, we shot off the tripod and tack table, like every single stage. Yeah. Um, and we just did that because we could see over the grass. We had our, our, our really right stuff. I have the 34 L and I got the tack table. Um, and then I run a, uh, you know, a, a medium game changer, which is the sand filled wax canvas right over the top. Yep. And I tell you what, it's just as solid as anything else. And so I felt like it was like no disadvantage. There was some guys that were trying to run like high bipods, Mm-hmm. I was like, man, let's just use our tripod. We can set our stuff down and go. Yeah. Eight, eight stages, Saturday, eight stages, Sunday, for sure we use tripod every stage on saturday 
And I think the only one we didn't use a tripod on on Sunday was a positional stage where it was sling only. Um, so I was 15 out of 16 stages. I think we ran tripod on, um, yep. just getting over the grass and seeing stuff. So there was a couple of barrels you shot off and a few other things, but for the uh, tripod was still on that stage, you know, middle position, but yeah. So a lot of guys, what's What do you think about the, uh, the discussion or argument of clipping your gun into, you know, with a really right, with a, you know, the Arca rail, Arca cut, Arca Swiss cut, sorry, on your chassis into the, the ball head on the really right stuff versus just running. We, I, we ran the gray ops though, just the, his tack table thing and threw the bag on there and shot it like a barricade. Um, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? I know kind of what I feel. I can, I feel I can see, I can follow through better than when I'm clipped in. I can control the recoil impulse better off the bag than I can when I'm clipped in a tripod. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So in my opinion, if you're going to clip into the tripod, you have to be prepared to see a little more vibration because it's mm-hmm. a hard on hard surface. So anytime you can put something in there that, that kind of takes that vibration out, I think you're going to be more successful. So for example, uh, you have your tripod, you got some sort of bag over the top or a table and then a bag. Um, that bag is going to mitigate, uh, some of that movement, some of that, um, uh, some of that recoil slightly, and you're not going to see quite as much in your scope. Yeah. And that's going to be a really good thing when you're trying to follow your shots, when you're trying to see where your bullets are hitting, um, you know, and, and when you're trying to make a really good wind call on those first couple of shots. For sure. So, you know, for all these all these stages at Sniper Side Cup, you had to range on the clock. And so you got up, you already knew where your targets were at for the most part, except for a couple blind stages that, like Frank ran a blind stage. And so you get up there and he'll point the targets out to you. Okay. You see the targets time starts now type of a deal. Yep. Uh, but for everything else, you know, you had to, you had to really find your targets. You had to range them on the clock and then you had to get all your stuff uh, going. Well, your very first shot was super important to try to figure out your wind call. And so yep. most of the targets were fairly generous. Um, yeah. And they even said that before the match, they said, hey, most all these targets are are fairly generous. It's kind of a bigger target match, but they were doing that uh, really intentional because maybe last year's match, they were a little too small, so they were trying to kind of find a good balance in there. So what's important is to see the round. Typically, you already know you're going to hit. The biggest wind call we had all weekend was like an edge of target, so there wasn't a lot of wind. Yeah. Um, but when you're shooting edge of target, how far into the target does it actually come? If it only goes a couple inches, then you can kind of start scooting your, your reticle back to the center of the target to make those center impacts. And so that's, what's important is the, the seeing the back to the, you know, tripod clipping in and the bag. I think you see better with a bag than you do clipped in because you don't see all the vibrations and all the movements when you're clipped in hard surface on hard surface. Yeah. Um, and so with the bag, that's what I decided to run. That's what you decided to run. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, I just think it's a really good, um, you know, compromise for stability and yeah. also quickness too. Right. Yeah, I because think it's quicker it was, to manipulate quicker to get target yeah. quicker to transition targets. You're not loosening stuff and moving and trying to relock it down or have a little torque in there. You're just, you just shift the bag and then lock in just like you're on a barricade. And we do that so much. It's just second nature. Yep. So, 
So, um, so uh, let's see, eight stages per day. We'll kind of run through it. One of the big variables, and we we did. I, if you guys saw scores, I don't want to bring it bring it up a lot, but we we had a we burned it. We were ahead by a lot. But uh, some of you guys don't know that wasn't all rifle shots. We there was handgun there. And every other stage you'd have, each person would have 12 rounds on a handgun, handgun target. So 24 rounds, you do six mag change, six more, next shooter does, re- repeats. And, and we, get, we made up a lot of points um, on the pistol. And just guys were rushing. You know, if you hit a 1,000-yard steel target, that's one point. If you hit your 15-yard pistol target, that's one point. So don't miss your pistol targets. <laughs> yeah, and they're all, they were all very, very hittable Yeah, if you take your time. I saw yep. a couple really, really good pistol shooters, and I know that they're better, better pistol shooters than I am. Mm-hmm. But they would miss, you know, two out of their 12 every single stage. Yep. Well, the problem with that is that they had great form and they had all this kind of stuff, but they were kind of rushing a little bit and you could hear them bang, 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 bang. And that, you know, yep. they had, you know, a couple misses in there. Mm-hmm. Well, just slow down, relax, pull a really good trigger. And again, we had six minutes. We got a bunch of time. Tons of time. Um, so you got six minutes to do your 12 pistol rounds each and then 12 rifle rounds each. Um, and mm-hmm. we actually got into a pretty good groove really. So, yeah, yeah. um, we decided that you would shoot pistol first. Yep. Um, and so you would shoot pistol. Typically when you were shooting pistol, I was setting a tripod up. I was getting something to, you know, the right height for the tripod based off of the position that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, because most stages, uh, every, you know, stage was slightly different, but for some, you had to have your your tripod, you know, folded and, and collapsed. And so then you would go up, you would expand your tripod if, if need be, um, you know, going to, uh, you know, just taking it out or, or whatever their, their particular rules were on that, on that, uh, stage. Yeah. You would shoot first and I would set something up when you were done, I would go shoot. And this was Mm -hmm. a great, uh, great time for you. You would start ranging all the targets. And so while I was shooting all the pistol, you would be ranging. You'd write down your stuff. Now I'm done shooting pistol. I go over and I get right on my rifle and you're reading me, uh, the ranges and reading me the dope. And that's one thing that worked out really well for us is our dope's exactly the same. Yeah. So we so, were, we ran numbers Friday night. We're like, Hey, what's your, pull out your Kestrel. So you're running, you know, 110 tips at 2820 out of the dasher. And I'm, I've got my, I got a 105 load that was hammering at like 2880 type of range. And we ran ballistics and we're within a half a tenth to a long distance. And then most of the targets end up being Ipsic. So a half a tenth is nothing. And so we're like, sweet, this is perfect. And I've got one thing I really like, and I'm jonesing for loophole to come out with theirs, but they don't have ballistic range finders yet that give you ballistics but those i've been running those zeiss victory rfs if i need that quick uh ballistic thing and those binos are pretty sweet they've got a bluetooth interface that you can enter in your a bunch of different profiles so i just i entered in my my dasher info you just hit bluetooth sync and it puts the profile on there and i checked them here to 1100 yards i was under a tenth of my kestrel 
and we checked them there and everything lined up. So we ended up not using a Kestrel all weekend. So I had my little grease <laughs> pin, Jake shooting, and there's usually, there usually there was three targets and I hit the first one. It'd be whatever, you know, 300, 1.2, uh, just grease pin 1.2. The next one's whatever. And it's 2.4. And it just tells you that you range it 450 yards, 2.4 or whatever it is. And I write that, and then I write 3.7. And then as soon as Jake's done, sometimes I would reach over and I'd dial his first dope on a couple stages if I had time. Otherwise, he would get on the gun. I'd say 1.2 target one, and then we'd do a quick wind discussion. And generally it was like, because it wasn't much wind, we were like, okay, left to center, right center. to center, left <laughs> edge, right edge, straight up. And then you'd take that first shot. You'd be like, okay, that was perfect roll, or okay, that was a tenth or two left. I mean, they're pretty minor corrections and just – because there wasn't a lot of wind, but yeah. but those those rangefinders were they're so fast and it just it's such a it's a cool it's a cool quick. I'd same with the Sig Kilo does that, but it's not in the binocular you know form. I think Like is getting some new ones coming out that are, should be better. Their old interface was an absolute nightmare, disaster for getting profiles, putting it on micro SD cards and putting them on the binoculars, just a nightmare. Um, but these ices are fast with the little Bluetooth thing. So, um, mm-hmm. so that's, uh, that was, that was a super, it was weird to shoot a match all weekend and not touch a Kestrel. <laughs> I mean, well, and, and it was, you know, every once in a while I would, I would bust a Kestrel out to try to get a wind on something. It's like, man, yeah, cause we did, we did have some, yards. yeah. And so you're at 800 yards. It's coming like two or three miles an hour from the we'll call it 730. Yeah. Is it going to move my bullet a lot? And then you like, no, it's not. And so yeah. you put your Kestrel back away yep. and then you're just working edges. You know, it's going to push it a little bit. So you just hold an edge yep. and go. There were big enough targets where we could get away with that. Yep. Um, and we had enough time where, you know, we can really take a look on that first shot. We can spend a few extra seconds to oh, say, yeah. okay, where exactly did that bullet hit? Was it left? Was it right? Um, on the target, uh, I, I didn't miss very many targets. No, I you, shot were, first. you were on fire. So, well, and, and yeah, my gun shot really well. You were Everything on fire. You good. had one of those, you good. had one of those weekends. Oh, I will say there was some wind, but like you said, angles there, it was three to five on some of the days, but the angles behind us were, it just, it didn't equate to, equate to very much for holds, but, yeah, exactly. but, but back to, yeah, you were, it was fun to witness. I, I mean, I got to, I just pump your tires like a, sucking up no, to yourself it's ridiculous no but i don't it is what it is dude you were it's fun to watch those days i mean everyone gets them i've watched plenty of other shooters have those crazy days and you on saturday so we would get done you would start shooting we'd be like okay I, well i remember the first target on the far with this one i was like dude give it a half mil and um and you're like no i think it's four tenths and it was a hard one to range and so the dope i got i kept getting there was tree line and and then further back in this hill and i ranged it like over and over wall before we you know trying i was really delayed on that third one and i rode that a, was on frank stage the very yeah, first stage the very first stage on saturday frank stage up against that far target and i ranged it a bunch and i was a little nervous on my my call but you're like no four tenths and you squeeze the trigger and you hit the ipsic like right in the throat up in the by the <laughs> head and i was like well, that was spot on for windage, but cut you like, I'm coming down a couple clicks. I was like, perfect. And then, yeah. but you nailed that. You were just in tune. I said half and you said, no, I'm going to go to four tenths. I'm like it's a half a 10th on Ipsic. It doesn't matter. Or it's one tenth on Ipsic. It doesn't matter, but you centered it up and it was up in the head. So maybe it did matter. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> you know, it's hard. So obviously that one, our range was, 
was off a little bit, yep. um, but that was a tough one to range. And it so was. You, you get on the clock, and, and, and we, we even talked to a lot of shooters about this, is that when you get on the clock, um, that doesn't mean get frantic all of a sudden. That doesn't no. mean do stuff jerky. You still want to be smooth. You still want to transition very effectively. You still want to communicate well with your partner. Um, all those things are super important to make sure the match is, is going well. And you have a, um, a timer, yep. um, that you developed on your, on your rifle and it sits to the side of it. You press the button to start it. And so right when the, the, the scorekeeper or the spotter says your time starts now, you also press that button. Yep. Well, the beauty of that is that all weekend you're able to say, Hey, we have four minutes left. Yep. We have three minutes left. Yep. Okay. We have two minutes left. And so we can really gauge yep. what we're doing the entire stage. And yeah. I'm going to start, I'm, I'm a believer in it. I'm going to start running one and I'm excited about it because there's times where, you know, you kind of get lost and you rush the last few shots yep. and then you, you miss one of the last few shots because you rushed it. Yeah. And you're like, dang, I had, I had eight seconds left. Why am I, why am I rushing the last shot when I could have taken a full breath yep. and pulled that trigger and still had a couple seconds left. Yep. Right? No, I think that's super valuable. I, I mean, there's so much just timer, some examples of, of the cup. There was one target off the rock pile that was down um, the far left target. It was, it was right between these two trees. Well, my laser kept hitting the trees and I knew the target was way behind there and I hit it once I hit it again. I couldn't get through. And instead of just panicking, like screw it, we'll just do this and run it. I was like, I know I'm see, I got my timer. I will be okay. It helps me to slow down. So then I'm ranging, I'm ranging, I'm trying to get through laser through. And I finally hold way up above the trees where they get a little wider range way behind the target range in front of it range everything i can get a pretty good average and i'm like okay i think we're this is what we're gonna run and i write my number down but just for me um with the timer helps me to helps me to pace and this is i run this in a lot of prs and nrl so i started trying timers i two or three years ago i bought kitchen timers and stopwatches i cut like iron man stopwatches the bands off and i put them on my wristband and i did i tried to hook them to my gun hook them to my scope ring and i put i got a kitchen timer i bought i don't know how many different timers i bought and i finally found those little sport count watches on amazon and there's a bunch of different models the yellow one is just a stopwatch and it, they're just these little tiny waterproof watches that you, lap swimmers use and and runners use, and they're it's dude, it's been a lifesaver for me. A lot of guys are like I don't need to know. Um, I I got to shoot so fast just to finish the stage, and for me it was opposite because I shoot too fast. It would really help me to slow down. And so maybe you're a fast shooter and you need to slow down. Maybe you're a slow shooter and maybe at that last target, maybe you do break a little bit of a reckless shot when you got one second left and maybe you get it. And maybe you push yourself a little bit. Um, not saying that's necessarily good, but maybe it equates to another hit or two if you know there's two seconds left and you're not going to get in the position you need to get to. For me, it was to slow down because I just get – I do – have a tendency to get frantic if something goes wrong you got 90 seconds and you're shooting and your sure time's going to go out and then you finish you break a bad shot and then you're picking up the brass and you, your mags out and then you know 12 seconds go by and the beep goes off and you're like i had that much time left and you just missed your last shot so it's been giant for me um to slow down just to have that right in your eye i think it's a i think there's gonna be a lot of guys running timers in the next in the next year or so so to talk about talk about what what xlr is doing so they they have uh 
I mean, you were kind of the first one to, uh, to, to use it and use it very effectively. I just don't have and a great they, mount for it. <laughs> yeah. So, so they actually came up with, uh, like a hardened plastic 3d, like super tough kind of poly, uh, mount that holds that timer, that exact same yellow kitchen timer. And on the right side and the left side of the, um, XLR NB pro, there's uh, little screw holes. And so that mount actually just goes right into those screw holes and you tighten it down and you're good to go and you're done. So it's right where your thumb can press it as you're holding your rifle. It's in a really good spot to be able to to do that. So, um, I just got a couple, I'm excited about running them and we'll see, uh, um, those yellow, those yellow are just a, the yellow sport count uh, yep. timers and, and we can post a link up as well, but those are just, they just go up. Correct. Yep. You just, you hit. And so, so the first one I had, I've had a couple of sport counts. The first one I had was a nightmare. You scroll through all these buttons trying to get a reset. This one is you hold it down for two, three seconds. It resets to zero and then you just press it and it counts up. And then when yep, you're done, that's you exactly hold the reset. It's easy. That's exactly what I want. And the reason I want that is because it, you don't have a, set your par times or whatever you pretty much know your part time oh, so yeah. if you know that you're at a minute 30 seconds on your part time yep. you know you get to a minute 25 you only got five seconds left and so yeah you got to be smart enough to be able to to figure that out but uh just having that in general i think is going to be mm-hmm. a giant advantage for yep. for me yep. personally i tend to shoot slow and you know that as yep. i shoot slow i time out on more stages and shots i mean if if the more time I have in the stage, well, the better dude, for me. Dude, that's why you were so stinking deadly. Like, watching at the Cup this weekend, like, watching, it was six minutes. So, we ran the show. And you can you can use three or four minutes up, and I've still got plenty of time to, you know, we can be four minutes into our stage after we've ranged yeah. everything. And I've still got plenty of time to shoot three targets. It's not a big deal. You got, to, yeah, you got so, two full minutes. It's actually yeah, 30 it's, or 40 seconds longer than you're used to. Yeah, but <laughs> but when you when you get the time, dude, I never want to shoot a long a long long time match against you it's just so i want to i want to shoot those only if we get to shoot a 60 second match afterwards i'm down (laughs) so you shoot so much faster i can i'm not saying it's good everybody knows it it's not it's not a good thing and you can shoot fast too but dude that's that's my wheelhouse but dude if you give yourself you time it's it's ridiculous but i I got i got a circle yeah and you you use it well but i got to circle back on the timer thing because freaking brian pence it's he uh he i showed that he got i got the timer then he grabbed one and and xlr has that that thumb rest and he started zip tying or, or attaching that to the thumb rest so i got to give him props on the xlr's behalf he's, he's kind of hooking up kind of was kind of behind that design for xlr i think a little bit so it was yep kind of his idea so props to pence you little punk spreading the word <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good thing guys if you don't have a timer i just use What's that flexible tubing I use? Do you know the name of it? It's like that. Uh, it's it's like, got like wire in it. It's yeah. It's like that rubber coated flexible wire that holds like that holds a data card holder, like flexi stuff. So yeah. that's what I use for mine, guys. I just put a, some Velcro on the back of the timer and some Velcro on a little data card holder that's like the same size as the little watch on that flexi tube on that flexi wire stuff. And I just uh, 
hook it around my pick bait, my pick rail. It's it's real simple. Holds the timer right there. It's flexy. It's not rigid like the XLR thing is, but it works great. So if you guys don't have a different way to attach it, just just it, nothing fancy. Just figure out a way to keep it somewhere where you can see it. If you're right-handed, obviously it's going to be on the left side of your gun. I keep mine right below my level, so I can look at my level and then look at the timer. So. Um, that's a training. I, I, I think a lot of you guys would really benefit. I know I have a ton and everybody I know that runs them loves them. So I, it's a, I think it's a pretty good tool. So for yeah. time management. So, anyway. so something else that kind of with the, with the sniper side cup is we went there, I brought my daughter Mel yep. and she, uh, she did a bunch of filming for us. Um, basically, uh, about every single stage oh, yeah. and she took a bunch of pictures for us. So one thing that, that, that we have kind of done to get ourselves better and to, um, work on our game a little bit, work on our craft yep. is I've reviewed, uh, almost all of those videos and, uh, I'm doing that for a couple specific reasons, but I want to analyze, um, what I'm doing in those videos, how I can become better, um, at what I'm doing and then look for some little inconsistent flaws or, kind of what I'm doing, um, that maybe I, I shouldn't do. And so for example, some of those, uh, in, in some of the shots I took this last weekend, I noticed that I wasn't really following through. And so what happened is I would pull the trigger. It'd be a great trigger press, but then I would almost right away. Um, it, it pro- probably happened five times this last weekend that I, that I noticed hmm. is I would right away, I would go up and I would kind of rack the bolt or I would at least get my hand off of my trigger and I would start to move it up out of there. And for me, that's really piss poor follow through. What I want to do is I want to make sure that I pull the trigger straight to the rear with a 90 degree angle, the same every single time. And I really want to have like a one to one and a half second pause after that, uh, rifle, uh, you know, after my trigger breaks, rifles is, has been shot, bar- bullets going down the barrel, and now the, the bullet is now traveling to the target. I want to really focus on that. I want to focus on my trace, see, see where my bullet goes. And mm-hmm. then what I want to do is I want to be able to spend about another half second. What that half second is going to allow me to do is analyze what just happened. And so did I hit that target in the exact middle or right where I wanted to? Did the target swing straight to the rear? Did it have a little bit of a right cant or a little bit of a left swing to it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because not all these targets are mounted equally. Sometimes you just got to figure out, man, where did that splash go? Where'd the bullet impact? Um, If it's on a a T-post target that has a movement to it, did that target cant off a little bit to the left? Okay. If it did, I know that I didn't hit that target in the middle and I need to come over. We'll call it a half tenth or a tenth to the right. Mm-hmm. And I need to send another one. And now I can see exactly where that bullet goes and do it again. And so every single shot all weekend long should be with that one or one and a half second pause, which allows me to see exactly where the bullet goes, take that information and repeat it again. Um, and so for me, that's part of analyzing that video. So a little bit of advice is maybe try to put yourself on video when you're running a stage Mm -hmm. so that you can notice, man, what, you know, what am I doing in that video? Do I have a good follow through? Do I have a good trigger press? Can I see myself breathing in the video, which in, in most of the videos I could see, 
I could actually hear my breath. I could, mm-hmm. I could watch my chest go up and down. I could hear the breath in the video. Um, and typically it's, it's for me, it's one, you know, one breath per shot as I'm rolling the bolt up, I'm taking a breath in, I'm pushing the bolt forward and I'm taking my breath out. It settles me. It calms me. Mm-hmm. Good trigger press, good follow through and go. That's good. No, that's good. I want to try to do it's it's a, there's always so much stuff going on at these the big the two, big two days but right. I definitely want to try to film myself more it's so helpful to watch the you know the good stuff is fine but it's it's definitely helpful to watch the the debacles or the screw ups or the bad you know for me it's to, for me it's trigger control and I don't know we don't need to get into that tonight but there's a lot to be said about that I in regards to maybe target panic or getting punchy on the trigger, I see so it's the easiest thing to identify. I see so many times it happens at matches. I'm guilty of it. It's, it's one thing that I struggle with and definitely work on, um, is, is I can get punchy on the trigger and you can get away with a lot with these heavy light guns. Um, so I got to kind of step back to the roots every once in a while and really focus on that. And that's, it's real easy to see on video when you, you know, you come in a little hot on the trigger or, or you just, you just know you're not doing, you know, good trigger control. So I think that doing that mantra, yours is BTF is bit, you know, breathe trigger follow through. And mine is just, I, tr- mine's too simple. I, when I go into, I go into automatic mode, I got to keep it simple. Mine's just BS. So breathe and squeeze. And so I got, I, there's a lot of times where I'm just holding my breath and I'll go through three rounds. I'm like, I should probably take a breath. And so it's just, <laughs> when I'm, when I'm doing well, I'm taking, I'm slowing down, taking a breath. I'd either, you know, press or squeeze. Usually I just say squeeze in my head slow as I can. I've said this before, just squeeze and just, just try to speak slowly move you know purposefully it's 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 not my my strength it's something i gotta be very conscious of where some people are it's just they're more natural like when i watch like nick gardazzi seems he just everything he does is just that slower methodical he speaks like i'll start chattering away talking if i get excited about something he's just real slow just slow purposeful the way he talks and it carries right over into his shooting where i gotta i gotta chill out and slow down and take a breath and squeeze the trigger. And it's, it's, it's definitely a thing that I've struggled with. So video is great for that. And that's something that I know a lot of you guys are working on and that's, that's something I'm working on. So, um, but yeah, the video is awesome for that. So I've got a little, I got a little cheap Amazon camera mount. It works great. Um, I can't, I can't remember what it is. 20 bucks. Some, I'll, I'll, I'll get the name of it, but it works great. Just clamp your phone in, slap it on your tripod if you're not using it, and hit play before you go shoot. And any footage can help, even if you only get one or two stages of match. It certainly helps to review it. Um, you know, have other people critique you or review it if you don't see anything, and 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 kind of go from there. I think it's a great tip. So mm-hmm. anyway, what other? So back to the cup. So so Saturday, you know, eight stages. Every other one was pistol had pistol included. So four with pistol, four without. Um, really, a pretty straightforward. I guess the only unique stage that day, um, outside of just normal, you know, shooting was we we did shoot a loophole stage, which I haven't seen in quite a while there was a cardboard at 15 20 yards i don't remember what it was at a two inch which did not look like two inches looked like an inch and a half um a four inch and a six inch hole cut out you had to shoot each person it was nine rounds there was three targets in a row three shots on the close three on the middle three on the far next shooter moves in three close three middle three far and you had to you had to shoot it off you're up, up off a tripod um if you 
any bullet touched the cardboard, your team got a zero from the stage. The, uh, the six-inch hole, you got one point per hit. The four-inch hole, you got two points per hit. And the two-inch hole was three points per hit, I believe. Anyway, yep. that was probably the only kind of, um, I don't know if scary is the right word, but scary stage where we walked up to like, okay, let's pay attention on this one. Like, do not hit the paper. So, um, yeah. I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say about that. Just, um, I guess, I mean, the gist of it, all we did was, hey, keep the target at the top of the hole. And with the bore height, you know, being lower, you're going to clear that, you're going to clear that hole at this range. And so that's all we did. We really focused on being in the center of that circle with a target on the upper edge. And, and we let her roll. We, we probably could have got through the two inch, but we chickened out and went for the four inch, um, to shoot through that four inch cut. So I don't know any thoughts on that or comments or, well, yeah, thoughts are we didn't chicken out. You chicken. Okay. Fair enough. I, I <laughs> that is a hundred. Like, let's go for the two inch. What are we we should have. You were right. Gosh, so, dang. I, I haven't I, shot I a loophole. Through. I don't, I haven't shot a loophole in years <laughs> there. I mean, they're, I don't want to say gimmicky. It was fun. I was glad it was there, but it's not, it takes a little more time. It's a little more thought to put into it when you're trying to keep match flow up. Maybe, maybe it takes a little more time at a, at a big match where you're really trying to push people through, but it's been a while. So I was, I was like, man, I don't know if I can shoot through that four inch hole. I was nervous to hit the paper. There were some, there was definitely some stickers all around those holes by the end, <laughs> end of the day of guys punching right through all those edges. So, yeah. but no, it's true. You were like, let's go for it. I'm like, heck no, dude, this is early in the match. And if we get a zero on this, was, we are in too. trouble. I mean, it was our, it was, it was our, like third, our third stage. stage maybe? Yeah. Third stage. Yeah. So, so, so I, I, for me, I've shot, I've tested a lot of the loopholes and um, looked at them. And I actually, we were sitting at that stage mm-hmm. beforehand and I said, okay, I said, uh, grab your, your phone. Yep. I said that, that cardboard looks to be about, we'll call it 15 yards. So where at 15 yards, uh, does it match up at different distances? Uh, we knew cause we just shot a stage before it, that the farthest target on that stage, I think was 540 yards. And all these targets were before that they were, yeah, they were there was closer a tree line and they were all closer than that. Yeah. yeah. There was a, there was a tree line. And so the last, the last stage we shot 540 yards, there's a tree line. These targets, they have to be closer than that. So let's call it 500 and in, and there was three targets. So perfect. Now we know where in your phone on your app, when you set up your yardages, what has the same drop, um, as, we'll call it 15 yards on there. And it's sure enough, it was in the zone of 300 to 600 yards. It matched up. Perfect. That means that if we shoot this target and the target is in, is even in the center, that means that we know that we're not going to be able to uh, hit that cardboard. Cause again, the cardboard, you hit it, it's a zero on the stage. (laughs) So it really screws us up. So we get up there, uh, is, you know, we set up our tripods. I'm setting up my first tripod. There was mm-hmm. no pistol on this particular stage. So no. I'm setting up my tripod to try to see through the middle, uh, four inch hole. John is now ranging on the clock, trying to get the, the yardages mm-hmm. on the three targets. Yep. And I think there was something like 300, 400 or 500, something yep. like that. Somewhere in there. And so 300, 400, 500. And so he's already got the dope written down for me and he's telling me 1.2 and yeah. you know, X, Y, Z. Yep. And so as long as I dial my dope, 
I have my reticle and the target in the top of the circle. And so you had to zoom out a little bit so you could see the circle and see your target. Then there's really no way because your bullet is exiting below your reticle. And so there's no way for that to be able to hit the target. And even the four inch looked really big when we got there. It's like, man, I got like six, seven mils of room. Well, yeah, it looked, looking at it in person, I'm like, dude, that doesn't look very big. But then when, as soon as you put your gun, like when we got on the clock, I think we, I I think after looking through the scope, we could have switched the two inch and I would have, would have been comfortable. Um, but when you stand there and you're looking at this little two inch hole, 15 yards away or whatever it was, <laughs> like, I was like, there's no way we could, this isn't going to work. We're going to clip it somewhere. But then when you, and, when you're zooming in and you kind of see that outline of that hole and you're like, man, we still got, you know, three, four mils to, to deal with here. So, yeah. uh, and there's, a, there's a, uh, RO, his name's Bill. He was on that stage. Very, very good RO. He yeah. was like, <laughs> and if you even clip the paper just a little bit. Yeah. It's a zero. So, he's like, so we're like, all right, we're going for the four. Yeah. We're not going to chance it. Yeah. So that, that, that was fun. That was a, that was a different stage. We, we, we did fine. We didn't hit the paper and we got all the targets. They were generous targets. It was, we had to, you could shoot the two and then you had to readjust your tripod. So I jumped down there and changed tripod while Jake was on the gun. Then I jumped up there. We'd go back up for the close two and then I would shoot and then Jake would jump down there and lower that tripod down. Was it lower it down or raise it up? I don't remember. Yeah, raise had, it up, I guess. Do, I think it was raise up on yep. one because that target it was, was further, further up. Yep. And so you had to raise up and kind of see your target. Yep. So I think our teamwork there was spot on because it was good. we were adjusting it. Then we got on there. We actually kept the rifle or excuse me, we kept the tripod in the same spot. Yep. Um, so after we got it adjusted for me, we just kept it in the same spot, and then all we did is raise and lower that front leg to get into position. Get more elevation. And then just, yep. just to make sure that you were going to be in the center of that. And these targets ended up lining up kind of straight, yep. you know, straight on top of each other. There was one, yep. two, three, yep. and it ended up good. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, so we did. And then another – we had a rock pile stage and then had a um, – just another tripod stage and a, a barricade stage that ended up being the wind actually did pick up, I guess on that barricade stage. we were, there was some wind out there. It was, it was a little goofy. Uh, last stage we finished strong on that. Just, uh, it was like, yeah, a, that was kind of like a blind stage. Yeah. It kind of went down and it was, I don't know, six, it was some mix six. I can't remember. It was six, seven, 800 or seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. But, uh, that went well, um, pretty straightforward, that day, great weather. Started a little bit, just looked like it was going to rain in the morning. Ended up clearing off. No no rain gear, no nothing. It was a beautiful day. Um, camping out. Mel's running around with cam- your daughter, Mel's running around with cameras, taking all kinds of pictures and videos. So that was that was fun. Um, did uh, We ran in town that night and grabbed some, went and got some water and grabbed a couple of things up from the store. But we had, we scores came out. We had a, we had a, a pretty good lead. Um, when we saw that, I didn't think it would be as big as it was because I wasn't shooting. I was shooting okay, but I was not shooting great. And so I was like, man, I'm leaving some room because I was dropping. I dropped a couple pistol targets that day and uh, and a handful of rifle targets. Um, and you were on fire. I don't think you dropped a rifle shot to the last stage. And you had dropped, and you had yeah. dropped a pistol shot either. So you're clean, clean, for, any, yeah. clean for seven stages. And I, on the other hand, was not. I was probably down eight. Um, we did see two pistol. I was probably down eight or nine. Yeah, it was a, it was a, you were burning it down. And, um, 
so anyway, I think we got, we did, I talked to some guys afterwards that shot rival pretty well and everybody lost a lot of points on pistol. Um, and we, we took it slow. We, we had the tripods out. So we're like, screw it. Rest on the tripod. Just stand here and break good shots. And so after the f- first stage, I went a little Western and dropped a couple. And then after that, I was clean for Saturday for pistol. <laughs> you, and that's pretty first, much what everyone did. Yeah. Everyone had their tripods out. They would try to get some sort of yep. hand rest for the pistol or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, even doing that, you can still yank a little bit on the pistol because oh, yeah. you got the long trigger pull. I'm shooting a Glock. And so... Yep. It was just a, a standard Glock pistol, and the trigger pull is a little bit longer than anything else. So if you're if you don't hold that on the target the entire time while you're pulling that, then sure enough, you're gonna miss. Yep. You know, it's just, and yep. they weren't very big pistol targets. They no. were six inch wide, twelve inch tall. Yep. So you had your vertical, but you couldn't. If you got jerky with the trigger, you're gonna shank it low right or low left yep. or whatever. But so anyway, so good day Saturday. Have a good lead. Roll into day two. Day two is kind of another range. Um, I'd say day two was definitely a tougher course fire that we had some, we had some animals out further. We had, we had if six up further, they were hidden in trees out to a thousand yards. And, um, it was, I think overall there was one stage where, um, we had a mover issue with the motor. Um, and so that stage ended up being kind of silly cause it was pretty close range on a mover. Um, but other than that, it was great. And that just was a bad, they had a military team out there training the week before. And I think something happened to the motor with those guys. They were blowing everything up, including that car we shot off, off of. So, <laughs> that uh, was cool. so that was the only stage. It was definitely like a gimme kind of close targets, but we're shooting a mover target. that was supposed to be moving, obviously that was stationary. So that kind of changed that stage up last minute. But other than that, it was a tougher day. Um, kind of the stages that stick out to me on that day were, were mover stage and the positional stage. Um, anything, anything else on any, uh, what about you on those ones on that? Yeah, Sunday? those were, those were great. Um, I liked, uh, also that stage that, uh, Carl and his boy, Alex are owed. I, I like yeah. that, which was a little bit longer. Yep. Um, and they seemed to be kind of tucked back into the trees. And so mm-hmm. what we didn't notice is, um, is after you get on the clock, you're starting to look at all this stuff and be like, okay, I see where the position of target one, target two, and target three is, but you don't really have a good idea because you're not in a spotting scope looking exactly where everything's at. You can't really tell your depth perception on that by just looking at it with your naked eye. So when you get on the clock and you start to range them, you're like, man, that target looks like it's deep in the woods. (laughs) Or, you know, and so how far is it really deep? You can't tell. Um, and then can you get a range finder and I'm trusting your ranging all weekend long because you're giving me dopes. And so, um, I thought that was a really cool, uh, stage. Those targets were hidden well. The because they were kind target. of hidden back in there, and that was fun. Yeah, that was a cool one. The target two was tough, and that was when we walked up there. Um, some of the ours would say you could glass while guys were shooting. Obviously, you can't touch, so can't can't touch your range button. So you could glass on Carl's age. He's like no no glass while anyone's shooting because he didn't want people to watch trace or anything. So you got to kind of check the targets where they were before you shot, and then after that, it was go time. And getting some lasers through some of those some of those trees was a little tough. And you're kind of doing your best to okay. Am I hitting the tree? Well, I'm going to aim at that tree and I'm going to hit that tree. And I do this hunting a lot. Like you're trying to range an animal and you, a lot of guys just throw up and get a range and they shoot and you're like, Oh, I was way off. Well, you got to take a minute to range. And so if there's, you think you might be hitting a tree, aim dead at the tree and range how far the tree is and then go back to the target. And if you get the same trees range, you know, you're hitting the tree. So you got to figure something out because the target's obviously behind that tree. So 
common sense. And again, back to the timer, slow your pace down, allow yourself to calm down enough to take, okay, I can range this 10 times and still have plenty of time on the clock. So we're going to range the trees in front of it. We're going to range the trees way behind it. We're going to try to sneak a laser through some of these gaps, which the, you know, when the target's 700 yards and you're hitting trees at 600, your laser, your beam divergence on that laser is opening up pretty good. So you're going to be hitting, you know, it's not like this, it's a size of a silver dollar going through out at a thousand yards. Those beams open up quite a bit. Um, those lasers do. So, you know, you're going to hit some stuff that you don't want to hit. So take your time and really make a good, a best decision you can on, you know, on that ranging. But that, yeah, that was a, that was a fun stage. That was, mm-hmm. that was cool. Those were way where those were hidden. So, um, the, yeah. the mover was, dude, the mover was tough. That was initially we shot the one, the potential, the mover stage that was down would have been a close mover, a good way to get, get some hits and learn how movers work. The very next stage was another mover stage. It was long range. It was, I can't remember. We, what was it? 600, some 680. Um, and it was narrow. Yep. So, um, when when was when was we had a little bit of wind on that stage because it was hard that stage ended up being a lot harder than it was too tense yeah but it was it was weird because one way I think the mover was going a little bit different speed one way because yep. I would get on it from the right to left yep and I think I dialed I think I dialed in one tenth right on the static target so there wasn't a whole lot of wind but yep. it was it was kind of a funky wind so anyway mm-hmm. I dialed in one tenth to the right. Yep. And shot my, uh, you had to shoot two static targets before you could move to the mover. And I centered up both those static targets, which were right to the right-hand side of the mover. Perfect. Yep. Okay. Yep. I had one-tenth dialed in. I felt a little bit of wind from the right side. Let's just send it, see what happens. It ended up being perfect, center, center. Okay. Now, and even if I would have hold center, I still would have hit those, but I, I, I would probably have made a correction on my second shot because it probably would have rocked it to the left. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that held center from the right to the left. I hit the mover every single time and then going left to right. I missed every single time. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, Holy smoke. So not only did I miss every time, yeah. but I guess I didn't understand the, was, the course of fire, uh, because you were supposed to shoot one shot, every pass on all passes. Well, after my first few shots, I hit right to left three times in a row. I missed left to right three times in a row. And I'm like, okay, I, we got plenty of time. I'm yeah. going to let, if, if I'm hitting right to left, I'm going to let that dang thing go by and I'm going to shoot it right to left. And then it, it, so I paused for a second. It goes by. He yells, miss. I was like, I didn't shoot yet. <laughs> He's like, no, you have to shoot at every pass. I was like, Okay, now I know. Yeah. And then I, I hit back right to left, and then I missed my other ones anyway. Yeah, so it, it was like, man. It was sporty. That was a good one. That was a, that was a great stage. That was a good one. Yeah, and then in that, our last stage of the match was the next stage was a positional, which was kind of fun. Three hundred fifty yard ipsic. We had to shoot pistol positional, so and it was down over this hill that was kind of goofy. So standing. Uh, kneeling, sitting prone, and ended up being kind of a tough pistol situation. Then you went straight to your gun, standing, kneeling, sitting prone, um, sling only. And so that was that was a great way to finish. We shot, we shot, we both shot that uh, very well. Um, it, it's fun hitting those. You, you obviously got a bunch of movement when you're standing there prone at 350 yards with a 20 something pound gun. And obviously our guns are not built for freehand, but we both, I think we went both went two for two standing um i think it was three on each what was that 
No, I'm sorry. Three two, we both went two for three standing. Um, I think we each dropped one standing. I think we both got all all three kneeling. I got. Uh, you shot really well on I, that stage for the rifle, at least. Yeah, with the right. Yeah, I dropped some pistol. You did too. Come on now, you missed those. We were the last. <laughs> we were the last. It's the last stage of the match. Jake hasn't dropped a pistol target yet. Secretly, I'm wanting him to miss every single pistol <laughs> shot. Thanks, buddy. I know at this at this point, I know we're winning. I'm like, you little punk, you better drop a pistol shot. I'm like, I'm like cheering inside when he drops a pistol shot because he can't rip on me for missing. I probably so, missed. I bet I missed. I bet I missed eight pistol shots this weekend with so, no excuses. Just just bad trigger control. That's all it was. So this was a this pistol was standing, no support. Obviously, no yep. one could use a tripod yep. or any sort of barricade or anything because they had some barricades and barrels. And so if it was a pistol stage, you could also shoot off that barricade if you wanted or yep. that barrel or, yep. you know, your tripod. You know, it, uh, there was no restrictions on that. So yeah. this one was no equipment. And so you got your pistol. I shoot uh, standing and I go uh, hit, hit, hit. And I go down to kneeling. I go hit, hit, hit. And then I go to sitting, but when you're sitting, you got to kind of use your abs to see up over the hill. And so, now, full disclosure, I don't have the best abs. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm starting to cramp up on my right side. No, that's like, when you're, no, yeah, trying to lean back up. on prone or whatever. You're trying to, yeah, prone, you're trying to just kind of see over this hill and you're kind of <laughs> laying back and leaning up, trying to shoot this awkward position. Oh, man. You I had the biggest cramp in there. Sort of shaking so, shots. You should try a sit up. I don't know if you ever heard of her. I, so. haven't, I haven't heard of this in a while. So I need to. I'm obviously, looking at some of these pictures this last week, and I need to get some sit ups going. Oh, dude. Man, anyway, anyway, I missed, and finally. it was not a finally. good feeling because I could hear John a, chuckling. It was in the a great feeling. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you punk. Good. Man, alive. So I did drop two pistol uh, shots woo. on that, uh, yes, on that stage. Did. So I ended up dropping two on the weekend, which would. <laughs> which was it was my goal that was our very last stage of the match too it was, so i was yeah. like man yeah it happened to be our toughest pistols our toughest stage in general oh hands down hands down right. yeah we were watching we yeah it was it was fun i mean it's fun when those positional stages are fun obviously it's some timing yeah. it's some some stuff but it was fun i think was able to i think we we did we did really well on the stage that was a yeah, fun, it was, it was still, a fun way we got to high end. score by a few so yeah. that was good was, we, we, we shot really well yep. you shot rifle I think you shot a shot better than me on rifle and you shot really well. Like you were yeah, hammer in the center of that target. Yeah. I was like, no way. He shot boom, 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 standing impact, impact, impact. I was like, there's holy smokes. It was, it was and so that was, was great. Yeah. I think we went 10 for 12 and nine for 12. I'm pretty good yeah. on that situation. I mean, it was, uh, those are, those are kind of weird. I like them in matches positional. If it's, if it's a fair target, a reasonable range, I don't like, I've had a couple of them where a guy will put a 10 inch out at, you know, 300 yards and you're like, dude, that's pushing. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, if you're going <laughs> to let some guy use a tripod standing, that's fine. But if you want sling only, I mean, that's, that is pushing it for what we're doing, but it's, you know, whatever it is, what it is. But he, they had a full size zip stick. I think it was three fifty. Um, 
I think my dope, whatever I dial was 1.2. So while you're shooting pistol, I range, and then I put the dope in your gun and the dope in my gun. And, and yep. anyway, it was a, it was a good finish. Um, we, after that, so then we rolled down. I, it's Sunday, and I'm jonesing to leave because I've, uh, Joe, my, my brother works with me. We've worked together for a long time, and he's out of town. So it's just me and the, me and another guy, Tyler. And so I knew we were shorthanded at work. I had a long day Monday, and I'm, I'm eight hours plus from home. So I'm jonesing to leave. So we, uh, they got scores out quick tore camp down um yeah and uh we we won we had a we had a big margin um some good good teams there but i i mean we outshot rifle for sure but not what the score showed us we i think we won by 70 or 80 points and it was a lot of that did come from from pistol just really making those pistol shots count and we had we did do good with rifle but but it's the score the the gaps got magnified so if you guys saw those scores on your on jake's post or whatever that's that's some explanation of that is yeah a a lot of those were pistol targets but we had a pretty good gap with rifle so. A couple really good things about uh, the, the Stiper Side Cup in general is they don't, um, besides that one stage, they don't care what kind of equipment you use, what kind of bipod you use, what kind of tripod you use. Yeah, that's a good and point. And I think that really makes a, a a great match that's not up for any sort of debate. Well, this guy used this and this guy used that. I mean, they don't care what you use. you got to do something to get up over the grass. And yeah. so – it just does in that situation. I absolutely love it because it's you just got to run whatever you got, and yep. so there is no you know stand off one foot and don't let your toe touch the ground and do this and yep. you know there is none of that kind of you know gamey stuff. It's just shoot what you got and do it and, and go for it. I just yeah. I, I mean for whatever reason I love those kind of matches because they don't have all these you know little yep. little rules and then you know. It's just, you know, I just like it. So no, I, I appreciated yeah. that for sure. I do too. That's a discussion we need to have at some point too. What we've talked about before is uh, match directing and stages that I've been to enough matches now. I can read a matchbook and I know a stage is going to be a problem. You can walk up to it and see like this is going to cause drama for something. It's going to be, it's too specific and too, too weird where guys are going to try to think outside the box because they got you shooting off of a pogo stick off a parachute cord, you know, whatever. And you're just like, <laughs> this is going to be a problem because it's too goofy. Like you, yeah. a good match director can make a really fun, really challenging, really exciting match without gimmicky, cheesy stuff. If they shoot and they understand the sport and some, and so that I agree that was a, it was a straightforward your time starts. Now, if you want to bring a kitchen sink out of your backpack and stack tripods and bags on it, then go for it. But you got six minutes to do what you're going to do. So exactly. It was fun. Exactly. It was fun. So I got to let's, I don't know how to, we'll, we'll get this wrapped up here in a little bit, but I, uh, obviously I'm going to, I'm going to say it, but uh, you know, Frank and I have, I, I, I was, I got, I don't know how to say it. I was a little, I don't know if I was, I wasn't nervous, but going to the cup, like, you know, Frank has had his conversations in regard to Jersey shooters and, and, and you guys in the sport know there's always a little drama and Frank likes stirred up. It, it drives traction. It is what it is. And, and so I'm, you know, we've had our run-ins a little bit. And so, um, I'll, we are the prototypical Jersey shooters. That's who we are. Yeah, that's <laughs> we we travel around. We have some sponsors, and uh, that's it is what it is. And so, um, 
you know, some, I think Frank said some unfair things and I, and he thinks we've said some unfair things. So I was a little nervous, but we had a really a good time. And I, we, people were asking me, um, afterwards, like, Hey, what was it like being our, I was like, you know what? It went really good. I was like, there was like, people were like, would you, was Frank mad? Do you want? I was like, no, he was, he was super gracious. I, and I told everybody, I said, the Frank, online is different than the Frank in person. We, I got to, I'll say it. I know some of you, but some of my buddies are like, come on, don't defend the guy. I was like, dude, we had a great time. I had a good, we had good talks with them all day Sunday. Carl and Clint were great. We had a, a really fun time. All the shooters were wonderful. Like, there was no drama, and a lot of you guys don't know about any of this, but a lot of you guys do. And and follow Sniper Side is a huge site, and and so I I got to throw that out there. Frank's Frank's been wonderful. We had a we had a fun time Sunday. Saturday he was our own. Uh, Sunday he would he would stop in every couple stages, and we ended up talking quite a bit on Sunday, and um, just totally friendly. There's no issues. There's no drama. So I I just throwing that out there. We had a, we had a good time. It was a fun. Um, the fun time I talked to him, I talked to him on Monday a little bit and, um, on the phone. And so, no, just a good, just a good, uh, just, just, just had a, had a fun time. It was fun to shoot a relaxing, good yep. weather match, uh, very laid back and, and it was, it was a good time. So completely agree. Yeah. Anyway. I'll second that right on. Well, uh, let's wrap this sucker up. We got, um, gosh, there's so much stuff to talk about. Um, I'm working like crazy. Jake's busy. I want to get these out for you guys often, more often than we do. I'm going to keep, keep working on it. Um, we got a bunch of stuff coming up, so we'll keep yeah. working on it. I got it. I got some requests. Guys, I'm not, I'm not ignoring you. I responded to you on Instagram. We've got some, we've got requests. Um, I got requests from, from a few guys in regards to like talking about, you know, calibers and a lot of how to get into the sport. Um, you know, talk about just a whole variety of things. I've responded to you guys and, and they're good ideas. So we need to, we will be hitting up a bunch of that stuff soon. Um, so I'll, I'll get a list together and we'll hit up a bunch of those topics. But anyway, we do, we super appreciate you guys. Obviously we wouldn't be doing a podcast if it wasn't for you guys. And we, it's fun. We, we go, we should go places and people come up and say, say what's up. I had a guy at the gas station all the way over in, uh, at Biggs. You just, I didn't know who he was. Walked up and goes, Hey, I like the podcast. I was like, just totally caught me off guard. I was like, Oh, are you talking <laughs> to me? I was like, he wasn't going to the match. He was just, he was getting gas. And so, and I was yeah, three hours it. from home. So that was just, I mean, it's, it's random, but we appreciate you guys a whole bunch. Appreciate your feedback, keep, your feedback. Keep coming and, up with topics for us and keep, uh, keep sharing the posts and sharing the podcast. And yeah. that's going to be able to get more topics out there. Yep. There's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about and we've gotten a lot of requests. So yep. the more requests we get, the more we can write those down and try to throw those in, um, as we can. Yeah. And we got those questions saved and stuff. So like I said, those are coming up and we, when we do appreciate you guys a whole bunch. So, um, anyway, uh, until next time, doodles. <laughs>